Grace and peace to you. I pray you and yours are well. I've got a word for you today. The topic is blessed in forgotten fields, blessed in forgotten fields. And it's coming out of first Samuel chapter 16. Um, it's talking about David's coronation when Samuel approached him. And um, I think I talked about this in a previous podcast, but I was talking about how um Samuel went, the, how the oil wouldn't work. I believe there was a topic surrounding the oil. At any rate, um, I want to highlight what that whole process and season looked like for David and perhaps speak to what some of the frustrating seasons may look like in your life. Now, David had been serving in his father's fields. He was a shepherd. And um, so when I talk about forgotten fields, sometimes it will appear as if you've been forgotten. Like God has assigned you to a task and nobody's checking on you. Nobody. Um, I preached a message maybe a year or two ago and I was talking about how when um, Jesse sent his sons um, uh, to Samuel, to uh, Saul's battle, and he sent David with all of this food. And I made a joke about the 16 different types of cheeses. And I said, nobody ever brought cheese to David. Nobody ever made sure that he ate. No one ever checked on him to make sure he was okay. And so sometimes in the midst of your carrying out an act of service, um, it can be ministry wise, because I know I do uh, mentor a lot of church leaders and, 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 and kingdom folks, but um, it can be church wise or it can also be something that you're doing in the marketplace, in the workplace rather, where you are just serving, 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 laboring, 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 sowing, sowing, sowing. And it just doesn't seem as if anybody is acknowledging you, doesn't seem as if anyone appreciates you, doesn't even seem as if anyone is aware <laughs> That you were still out there on the battlefield, like you, you know, you you're still out there. You are still lifting up that banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are still interceding. You are still prophesying. You are still ministering. Like you are still on your assignment, and you have not backed up from it, regardless of the support or the lack thereof, regardless of the applause, the accolades, the acknowledgement. You're still doing it, and so for David, here he was in the uh, shepherd in the field, shepherding his father's flocks. And in his eyes, and maybe from his perspective, no one saw what he was doing, but he remained faithful. I think that speaks to um, content of character that even though you're not getting an amen or attaboy or a pat on the back, you are still committed and still dedicated to doing what God called you to do. Again, church place or marketplace or workplace, like wherever God has assigned you, you're still there. You know, you may not be saying a whole lot. You may not be doing a whole lot, you know, at, at least, you know, to how other people perceive it. But you know that you're still out there doing it. And David was still there in the field, fields, taking care of his father's flocks. And he was forgotten. His own father forgot about him. His brothers forgot about him. Right. And it cannot we can only assume how maybe at times he felt as if God had forgotten him. But we know that that's not the case, because in first Samuel 16, God remembered David. And I feel like that's a word that God wants to speak to you today. 
God says, I'm remembering you. I'm remembering your service. I'm remembering your faithfulness. I'm remembering your dedication. I'm remembering your loyalty. I'm remembering your content of character, your fortitude, your stamina. I'm remembering your commitment to what you said, even after you said it, right? Because a lot of us talk great things. And then when it's time to roll our sleeves up to get the work done, we get missing. But the Lord has said, I'm remembering that you are still bound by the words you spoke, right? You are still bound. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes that talks about um, be very um, careful with our words. Let our words be few because we're on earth and God is in heaven. And you find that a lot of people boast a lot of great things. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that for you. And I'm going to, and then you never see the fruition of that. And so the Bible warns us to be careful, be careful about making vows and not paying those vows. You know what I'm saying? Because God is still holding you accountable for what you said, even long after you said it, after the mood has changed, after attitudes have changed, God is not forgotten, right? Everything, every deed in this body is written. And so those books are going to be open and we don't want to stand before God and the Lord checks us on something. And then we're like, oh man, I forgot. So maybe in this season, you, you know, may just want to look at some areas where you have committed yourself to something and hadn't necessarily fallen through with it. I'll tell you this. I'm, um, I, many times I'm invited to be a part of different organizations or, um, you know, associations or communities or networks or what have you. And as much as I would love to be a part of everything, I know that I can only do but so much. Right. And so, yes, I'm in, I'm, I'm pleased to know that I have something I can offer, but wisdom also tells me, okay, you, you're only one person (laughs) and you only have, but so much time and you have so many things committed at your hands already. So you have to be very mindful. And so I say that to say this, there have been times that I have committed myself to supporting different types of works, ministries, agencies, people's networks, whatever. And then I'm also mindful to know when it's time for me to pull back. You know what I'm saying? And then when it's time, here's, here's where integrity comes in. Because when it's time to pull back, don't just pull back in silence. Let people know. Again, be mindful. And I don't know why I'm going here. Somebody needs to hear this. But I feel like, again, being mindful of what you said long after you said it and still holding yourself accountable for what you said. Right. And so I think uh, one of the important things to note is that um Went out, you know, several couple of organizations I was a part of last year, even this year, and got I I perceived that God was pulling me to do something different. Do you know what I did? I went back to those organizations or to those people or to whomever I committed myself to, and I said, "Hey, I'm going to step down. I'm going to resign. I'm going to, you know, I'm saying." And there's nothing harsh, well, at least not on my end ever, um, because I, you know, I try, I try. I'm very intentional about keeping my heart pure as much as humanly possible. Um, so, but I, I, I'm, I'm mindful of commitments that I've made. And I'm also mindful of when I know I'm no longer able to serve in that capacity. And I'm wise enough to know that God is holding me accountable for everything I said, number one. Number two, I'm also sensitive enough to know people are still depending on me because I said that I would do a certain thing. So with that, right, then... The spirit of excellence, it 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 um, it requires me to t- touch back bases with those people, organization, church, or whatever, and say, "Hey, um, it's time for me to pull back now." 
you know, because I'm doing something else or something came up or my assignment is finished or I see you no longer need me. Right. So it's time for me to pull back and I let them know. And so I think it's, it's important. Again, I don't know why I'm going here, but I just feel like somebody listening to me. You have given people your word. You have signed on the dotted line. You have covenanted with people and then you just vanished. And that's not okay, people of God. You, There is a spirit of integrity that God wants you to operate in as a leader, as a woman, as a man of God, a child of God. Your words have to mean something. You can't just connect when something feels good, looks good, is good to you, and then you get missing when things go awry. So you have to be very mindful. Again, I don't know who this is for, but if it's for you, it's, you can have it. <laughs> Um, but be mindful of that because that also speaks. Here's where I'm going with this. And I'm going to get back to my topic, Forgotten in the Fields. But it also speaks to people that you're going to need when you need help. Right. The measure that you meet with all it shall be measured back to you. And so sometimes because I always like to spin this. I love studying humans. This is one of my fields of um, of, of, of expertise is in behavior support I, because I study human behavior. Right. And so it marvels. And I, I love I just love humanity, relationships, all of that. I marvel at how sometimes I find people feeling dismayed and discouraged and disappointed because they're reaching out for help and they don't get help. But then they fail to realize that, guess what? You are receiving your measure. God is returning your measure to you. Times when you said you would help folk and you didn't, then now you have to reap that. You have to read that. You have to understand what, the, and this is what, and, and, and we quote this a lot during giving time, and it's in what, I think Luke 6, um, 38, you know, for giving it shall be given unto you. Press down, run together, shaking over. For with the same measure that you give, with all it shall be measured back. So whatever you give out, that's what you get. You give little, you get little. God is not mocked, right? God is a principled God. He said precept upon precept. Those are principles. And and yes, God loves you. And yes, you know, if you live this life of faith, strong and right and good, you'll go to heaven and you'll see Jesus. But your quality of your human life here can be very miserable. And I often say that just because you're saved and your Holy Ghost filled and Jesus loves you does not mean that you're going to enjoy a quality of life. You can still struggle, die and go to heaven. That's a whole nother topic. But what I want to, what I feel, I don't know why I got to take me here. Yes, I do. It's for you. <laughs> um, I feel like somebody is in a space where you're saying, I'm not getting help. Nobody's helping me. Nobody's, you know what I'm saying? And in this case, and I'm not talking about what happened with David because God saw it because he remained faithful. But I'm talking about in the case where you just kind of backed off, fell off the boat, got missing, went AWOL. And now you find yourself in a season where you're trying to build a ministry. You're trying to build a, a, a business. You're trying to establish your career and you're looking for help and you don't have anything. To, you don't have nothing in the field to harvest from. Like you don't have anything. Because the times when God required you to be fruit and seed for somebody, you did not for whatever reason, for whatever reason. Right. I mean, we can talk about that. Well, I, I, I was going through this and yeah, we all have. A, I was going through this answer. We all do. However, God still holds us accountable for what we said. OK, so I want to bring that out because somebody need to hear it. And God bless you, whoever you were <laughs> that allowed the prophetic to just shift my whole message. But let me get back to David because he was faithful in that little space, because he was faithful over animals. Right. In other words, it wasn't like he was faithful around people where somebody could say, hey, thank you. I appreciate you. You know, good, great job. He didn't even have anybody in his circle to say, hey, good job. 
So, you know what I'm saying? Think about that. Some of you may have two or three people around you that may come back to you and say, thank you. I appreciate it. Good job. That was wonderful. You did a great thing. David didn't even have that. So not only did he not have his father to support him, he didn't have his brothers to support him. He didn't even have a, 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 a he didn't even have an assignment around people, <laughs> you know, to pull from, to pull encouragement from, to pull that, that um, momentum. He didn't even have that. So it had to come from the Lord. It had to be innate. It had to be something inside of him that drove him to remain committed to what he was assigned to, despite what his circumstances look like. And so that's why God blessed him in a forgotten field because he remained faithful. And there are some of you that God is, he's blessing you in that forgotten field, in that place where you have labored, you have sown, you have given, you have ministered, you have served. And God is saying, look, I know that it didn't look like much. I know it didn't look like you were that impactful. I know it didn't look like you were appreciated, but I'm coming to you. And I'm coming to anoint you. Now, check this out. When Samuel came to anoint David, do you not know there were only 10 people a part of that whole consecration process? His his anointing didn't even take place in front of a lot of people because that wasn't what God was doing then. God was anointing David to prepare him for a greater work. And then when he was coronated on that greater level, he was surrounded by multitudes. So let me encourage you on this wise. Sometimes that initial um anointing when you are called when you are consecrated and set apart it may be only a few folk there and it's it's not even about people anyway but i'm just saying it may only be around a small set of people because god is preparing you for that greater cloud of witnesses that are going to celebrate the work that you've done in that small place so don't even say don't even don't even discourage yourself by the mindset of, man, there's not even a whole lot of people around me to see what God is doing. Don't even worry about that. Don't worry about that. That's irrelevant. That time is coming where God is going to uh, uh, expand your reach and enlarge your territory. That's coming. This is not that time yet, though. It's not time for that right now. So what God did to David, he went and he anointed him, blessed him in a forgotten place, called him out of that forgotten place, right? Anointed him there in the presence of his enemies. Remember, David said, you will, uh, he said, um, thou anointest me, thou prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. That, come on, y'all. David was talking about something strong. He had household enemies. And what, let me tell you, that's one of the most painful experiences to ever have. I was doing some study this morning on toxic families. And one of the most painful experiences to have is to be raised or to have to serve in a tox toxic family or a toxic environment. That's another topic. We'll talk about that later. But he said, God, you're going to anoint me. You, My cup is going to run over. In other words, you're going to fulfill my joy right here in this place, right in the place where I've been forgotten, where I've been abandoned, where I've been relegated to the back. You're going to anoint me right here. And you're going to prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God is a great God, y'all. So he's coming to bless you in the forgotten place. If you're in that forgotten field, if you're you're saying, you know what, woman of God right now, that is exactly where I am in the realm of the spirit. I'm in a forgotten field. I'm still laboring. I'm still interceding. I'm still 
I still have the prayer line open. I still have the Bible study group. I still, I'm doing all of this. I don't see any fruit. Like I'm not even, you know what I'm saying? I've got to meet with my um staff, ministry staff in another week or so and just talk about some things. And I, I can hear in the realm of the spirit. Some of them feel like they are serving in a forgotten field, but God is saying to them that, look, this is where I'm blessing you at. This is the ground you got to have. There has to be a place for Jesus to land. For the anointing to land. There has to be a place for you to be found. And that place is not contingent upon who's there and how many likes, comments, shares, how many folks are celebrating you. That has nothing to do with it. That's wonderful to have. But even if you don't have it, that's irrelevant. God is not looking at that. He's looking at your faithfulness. And that's what counted David worthy for the next level. So he found David in a forgotten field. He blessed him in the presence of his enemies. And then even though it still took 15 years later, The great coronation came because the anointing came to prepare him for the spiritual work. The the assignment his daddy gave him was to prepare him naturally as a shepherd to defend, to protect, to um, feed. You know what I'm saying? To govern and to legislate in that realm. But the, the anointing of God was to prepare him for the spiritual work. The same as was with Jesus. The anointing came. The the work that Joseph taught Jesus was to be a carpenter, to build, right? To be a wise master builder, to organize and to administrate. But the anointing came to, to release him on a greater level to actually contend with things in the realm of the spirit. And that's what God did with David. He said, listen, you're doing a great work here on this level in this forgotten field. I'm about to bring a greater level and dimension of glory to you. And I'm going to anoint you. And I'm going to use 15 years of your life to prepare you for this work. He did the same thing with Moses. So many of us, we backslide in that those years of development. Who am I talking to? Many of us backslide in the years of development, the 15 years, the 30 days for Jesus, um, the um, the uh, uh, what was it for 40 years for Moses. Many of us backslide because you got the call and now you're ready to just run, but you don't have nothing to run with. You're still ill-equipped. You're called, but you're not equipped. And so that takes that um, time of development those years to prepare you to be successful, to be successful on this next level. So stay faithful in the forgotten field. Submit to your years of development. It took me 11 years of development. Yes, I was prophesying, casting out demons and all of that stuff, but it took me 11 years in training. And let me tell you something. I don't regret not one day. There were times I would stay up all night. I would have my Bible, my, you know, this is before the internet. I had my concordance. I had my um, Bible guide and I would lay on the floor and just study all night, pray all night. Now I don't have time to do that because I'm actually governing on, you know, you know what I'm saying? On that level I was being prepared for, I'm governing on that level. And so you've got to take the time, the time it takes to study scriptures. Uh, the time I had been studying scripture since I was, thir- was 13 years old. Right. And then for the 11 years of serving in ministry, watching, serving, submitting, showing up, never missing a beat, taking the rebuke, taking the discourse, taking all the hit, everything, the wolf, everything, the loss. Oh, God. And now I'm able to serve and turn around and train and mentor and develop others. But I would not be able to do that had I not have submitted to the 11 years of my training, right? And being faithful in the forgotten field. 
So this is the word of the Lord for the people of God. God is blessing you in forgotten fields. First Samuel 16, you got to read it, but I want you to pay special attention to verses 13 through 14. Don't worry about the little people around you. And I don't mean little people, but the little bit of people. Don't worry about how long it's going to take. You won't miss anything. Trust me when I tell you this. You won't miss anything. God is going to restore the years the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, the pommel worm, the caterpillar. Every season of your life where it looks like you have experienced devouring spirits. And I don't just mean, and we talk about that a lot of in, times, in terms of finance, but, oh God, I hear God, that was for me too. Even when you have had pommel worms in relationships, canker worm spirits in relationships, where you feel as if you have wasted time in relationships with people. God is even going to restore that. God will give you a people who will serve. God will give you a people who will submit. God will give you a people who will support. So don't be dismayed. Go through that process. Submit to it. Submit to everything God has ordained for you in that season of uh, development and process. Submit to it and you will see. If you remain steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, your labor will not be in vain. God has promised. So God bless you. May the joy and the peace of the Lord envelop you and overtake you. And may God watch over your going out and your coming in for this time and forevermore. In Jesus name, God bless you.